0: You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, welcome to the Fin Fans podcast. Uh, today I've got Daniel Reinhardt and uh, Jim Johnson joining me. Hello to all. Qu- to
1: quote Jim, "What's up, everybody in Finland?" Finland. Ah. <laughs> That makes me sound distant. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead
0: and talk uh, about the Buffalo Bill game that just passed and we'll look ahead to the New England Patriot game and then we've got some uh, questions that have been sent to us that we'll uh, go ahead and tackle. Uh, so Jim what, what did you what were your uh, impressions of the Buffalo game?
2: Well I gotta say that Xavier Howard is uh, a godsend or something he's He's taken away a lot of balls this year, and mm-hmm. and stop, stopped a lot of drives, and actually took points off the board for the other team. So uh, that's a huge deal. I mean, you get that's a guy that can can change the outcome of a game in in a single play. Um, overall, I thought the offense was not very efficient. Uh, They couldn't complete drives very well they didn't extend drives they didn't complete a lot of you know third downs or anything Um, but they did take advantage of some turnovers and put some points on the board and Tannehill made some nice throws here and there but overall boy they didn't get a lot of yardage uh no long drives no you know no five six minute possessions and we capitalized on some turnovers which is fantastic but you know moving forward you've you've got to put more yards up uh, on offense i think we had uh, just under 200 yards on offense and and that's uh, it's just a miracle that we won the game so yeah, you
0: know how i am with time and possession and that didn't yeah. help
2: yeah i mean it's it, it, i You know watching it was was pretty painful yet we kept putting points up and you know that was great but uh, you know and then the last couple of minutes that last drive you know that was a uh, you know I don't even know how to describe that Uh, I just assumed that Buffalo was going to score and uh, we were gonna hang our heads and be ashamed again but you and me both uh, you know I saw it coming down and that last scramble um, You know, with Wake and Quinn chasing him around back there, uh, I just said, oh man, we're doomed now. But uh, thankfully the pass was a bit short and Charles Clay couldn't hang hang on to that pass. But uh, defensively, uh, when you look at all the yards we allowed, you know, we gave up 400 and some yards. But, you know, we made some key turnovers uh overall kind of sloppy both sides of the ball and and relatively inefficient but we made enough plays and put enough points up to win the game so it's a w in the win column and you gotta like that
1: there's something i i wanted to say straight off the top here when we started talking about this game that i didn't think i was ever going to say again and that's thank you charles clay I mean, <laughs> I, I, I really thought... Big play, Clay. Yeah, big play, Clay hands, whatever you want to call him. I really never thought I'd say that again, but thank God for Charles Clay because if he wouldn't have tripped over his own feet, we'd be talking about a Dolphins loss today. And I got to agree, Jim, you know, I talk about him almost every week, but straight off the top, one of my biggest takeaways was the play of Xavier Howard. You know, and for that matter, Mika Fitzpatrick on the other side because he played a lot of outside corner. I what i'm looking at as a defense who is making some plays and keeping an inept offense in the game and i i was with right there with you and probably with most of the other fans i thought we were giving that game away because we gave up over 350 total yards to josh allen you know 217 through the air and 135 on the ground I talked about last week how one of the most important things that we were going to have to deal with was his mobility and actually getting him on the ground, and we really struggled with that. He made Kiki look like a yo-yo, and I I was very unhappy with some of the play. Uh, We are, guys, we're watching a bad team that plays really hard for their coach and for each other, and it's a miracle that we're 6-6. and You know, i I seen a a short clip of an interview with Cameron Wake and he said the playoffs are not even on his radar and we got to make sure guys that we remember what we're seeing we're seeing a banged up team who can barely beat a Buffalo squad in in Miami no less and we're really dealing with a lot so I was really happy that we came away with the W Uh, it was right about what I thought it was going to be if we had put another touchdown on the board I think it would have been the exact score I predicted and I'm I'm not looking forward to this second week in a row of hatred. You know, we have Buffalo and then we have New England coming to town. So I'm just happy to come out of Hard Rock with a W. And it's going to be really hard for us to even probably stay close with New England coming up this week.
0: Yeah, I kind of see that the same way.
1: Um, I think I predicted...
0: 21 17 on the scores that was pretty close i mean it, it went more or less the way i expected it to but i really did not expect Allen to tear up our defense the way he did on the ground i mean he was pretty elusive well, i knew uh, he would have some yards but i didn't expect that yeah. exactly exactly uh you know we've given up some yards uh so you expect a little bit but i mean he was almost dominating you know yeah i, di- I did not expect that uh, but uh, overall, uh, you know, you see in Allen what you thought you'd see in Allen. You know, he's a bit erratic, and uh, uh, if he doesn't improve that, you know, I, I don't think he's going to last many years in the league. Uh, we'll see.
1: Yeah, we yeah. on the offensive side of the ball, we got to get better. We only had 175 total yards, and yes. that's not good enough to win NFL games. That's not good enough for – our even our backups on the offensive line you got to be better than that i realize we're working with a third string center you know and a couple of guards that are at the bottom of the league as far as ratings are concerned but we got to do better but that matters that matters it does matter
0: you know it makes the quarterback uncomfortable it just ruins the timing of a lot of plays and uh i'll tell you something else that the tight end in there blocking wasn't doing a very good job either um, they were coming in from the backside and making tackles in the backfield. You know, it just—it was not a clean blocking effort from anybody. Uh, even even Tunsil had uh, a few slip-ups, which uh, has been rare for him. He's he's been playing at, at a phenomenal level, uh, but not so much uh, Sunday.
2: Yeah, I think we're getting into that whole territory where the linemen are starting to worry about what they're what the guy next to him is doing and that takes something away from their guy and their man and their job so you know i think that's part of what tunzel's issue was or you know james on the other side you know if your guards to the to your sides are are not always in control of what's going on then now you're trying to help him and and things go wrong the other way
1: yeah we talked about at the beginning of the season how the interior guard play and having a veteran on that left side was going to help Tunzel and having Larson in there and Jesse Davis for that matter they were both getting smoked on Sunday having penalties and and just getting straight beat off the ball you're right Jim our tackles are having to put up with a lot because our guard play is so terrible right now
2: yeah and like and like you said Mike you know if the center is not up to speed, everything else kind of unravels. Like you say, the quarterback's not, sure, you know, not confident in what's going to happen, and you've know you, you got a third-string center in there that, uh, you know, he's the guy that's got his hand on the ball on every play. So uh, things can, be, can go south quickly when that, when that happens.
0: So, Daniel, you said you did not expect uh, good things this coming Sunday,
1: huh? No, I, I really don't and it's not because New England is playing exceptionally well on either side of the ball. I mean, they're playing good football. The problem is is that we are not playing good football on the offensive side of the ball. Even if we're able to create some some turnovers, even if we're able to keep New England out of the end zone and force them into field goal situations, which I don't really foresee being able to happen on a frequent basis, our offense is – so beat up and our our playmakers are not getting the opportunities that they need because we can't sustain drives we we had 50 plays last week compared to buffalo's 66 we we can't convert third downs we were two of nine against buffalo and i realize buffalo's defense is good but we're going to be playing from behind against tom brady and i know we usually play really well against them in miami it's been the one thing that we can always hang our hat on is that when New England comes down to Miami late in the season we typically play really well against them even when we do get behind we come back with a flurry at at, in the end of the third and the fourth quarter and we give it a run and I just don't see it happening this week we're going to be playing from behind because our defense is going to be on the field so frequently our offense is not going to be able to convert third downs and I have a feeling that we're just going to get blown out in this game no, I don't want to say it. I don't want to believe it. I don't want to think it. I don't want to tell you that that's what's going to happen. But it's coming up late in the season, and our offensive line is, you know, they're playing like trash. Our quarterback, I mean, he's got a great rating. Once again, he was over 100 as his as QBR, but he's only got 24 passes. You know and he's only he's completing a, a high percentage of those but they're going for 135 yards and we're not going to be able to beat the new england patriots by passing for 135 yards especially if he throws a pick you know so Kenyon drake being banged up definitely doesn't help our offense and frank gore is not getting any push up the middle right now because our offensive line is playing like trash I just don't see where we have a single advantage in this game. I just don't see it, Daniel. Is that you? It, it I is know. me. I, I'm,
2: I'm like, I'm like depressed now, Daniel. I, You're I'm killing me. You,
0: I'm, I'm having to grab tissues here.
1: I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pissed off at the team. I'm not. I don't even want to say I'm frustrated. I'm just seeing it for what it is right now, and it's really important for us as fans to remember that we are not a playoff caliber team right now. We're just not. And we're too beat up to say that we are. So New England is big brother. Do we have a fighting chance? Yeah, we do. We have some really talented guys. We've got some defenders that can definitely make plays. You know, if Minka, Minka is playing amazing, and if he can take one back to the house, like I like I predicted last week, we definitely have a chance in this game. We got Jerome Baker and Raquan McMillan and Kiko Alonzo in the middle who can cause turnovers. You know, if we can cover their backs out of the backfield, they can cause turnovers. I just, I don't know that it's going to happen this week for us, guys. Well, I'll be honest. I, I don't,
0: you know, probably expect me to say this by now, but I don't think it's going to either. Um, the Patriots need the game uh, to lock the division up. Um I just don't see them coming down here and folding like they usually do. I, I think it's too early for that. You know, normally we're playing them a little bit later. Um, so I think they'll come in, and I think they'll be their usual dominant selves. And the question will be, will our team be able to rise to the challenge? And uh, I'm just not sure they'll be able to. Yeah, this
2: is, this is not a game that you can really look at matchup wise and say the Dolphins have you know a big advantage here there or yonder. Uh, there's really very few places that that the Dolphins have an advantage other than home field advantage and we have done very well against the Patriots in the last decade uh, playing against the Patriots at home and with teams that were just as bad sometimes you know worse shape than we are right now but they were often earlier in the season um, when it was hot so that plays into the equation quite a bit but I think we we you know put our big boy pants on and we play a better game than what we have Uh, we always seem to play pretty well against the Patriots at home but like you guys I just don't see how we're going to be able to score enough points and be able to limit the amount of points a Patriots score. Mike you've talked about it before the best way is to do a ball control game and run the ball and, and have some long drives and keep Tom Brady pacing the sidelines but we haven't had any success doing that so I don't see why we think that would happen this Sunday so
0: yeah the reason you want to run the ball is because then your play action works and then your read option works it just opens up the offense and uh, if they don't have to respect your running game then uh, the rest of that stuff goes out the window
1: Yeah, and then Uh, then guys passing
0: windows get tighter and what have
1: you yeah and then they start teeing off on Tannehill and we can't have that
2: Yep. yeah well the, the thing is right now is is teams aren't respecting our run game or our passing game so uh, you know you, you got to come out and smack somebody right off the bat and uh, show them that you're serious and uh, hey if we come out strong and and score a few points in the beginning uh, and we can frustrate Brady then we got a chance but uh, that, you know that's that's a tall order for a a team that's as beat up as we are well
1: i will say that we have looked really good on the opening drive for like four weeks in a row and so it wouldn't surprise me to see us go down the field and get another score you know even if it wasn't a touchdown
2: and Uh, it's, it's only two it's only two weeks in a row by the way
1: no well we looked good on the opening drive the previous two weeks before that as well We've scored touchdowns on the opening drive in the last two. Uh, We're going on more than a month of looking good in that opening drive. And I'm going to attribute that not only to execution, but to the coaching staff. Here's my thing, and we're going to have to do this and able to have a standing chance in this game, and that's get pressure on Tom Brady up the middle. Robert Quinn, Cam Wake are going to have to run some stunts and we're going to have to pressure him right in his grill if we want to have any chance in this game. Yeah, Tom oh, work out up in New England. <laughs> Not well. Not well. It yeah, remains is, it remains our chance though. That remains the best chance.
2: This is a game that those those tackles in the middle just have to do something to, to disrupt Tom Brady, and uh, you don't need to you don't need to necessarily sack the guy, but you need to get in his face and make him go left or right out of the pocket, and uh, you know then Cam Wake and Robert Quinn can do their jobs. But like you say, you know you you've got to you've got to get in his face and disrupt him. And uh, if we can do that, which is a big if because we haven't been very successful with it. Uh, but this is like the exact opposite of what we had in Buffalo with Josh Allen, where he ran around like crazy. Um, you know, if Tom Brady gets out like that, you know, Wake and Quinn will eat. So uh, we got to try to bust up the middle. Well, you yeah. know, the
0: Patriots, they're, they're not a team that's going to beat themselves. And. Uh... You know, we've been playing some teams that have been making some mistakes. I wouldn't expect the same number of mistakes from the Patriots. We're not going to block a lot of punts or field goals, and we're not going to uh, be picking off passes left and right. If they're going to win Sunday, they're going to have to earn it.
1: Yeah, we have to force them into mistakes. They're not going
2: to make them for us. You mean Gronkowski won't drop the pass at the end of the game? It's not going to ricochet off his
0: face mask? You never know, but uh, I doubt it. No. (laughs) <laughs> so we we got some questions uh you guys are we to, doing uh, predictions
2: right well yeah we, put we a could little do put a little stop well, sign. I've,
1: i think we sort of did didn't we <laughs> we, we didn't <laughs> I, give g- g- scores but i'm uh, good with that i don't yeah. want to go a score i just don't see us coming away with this victory yeah let's let's leave it at that yeah
0: sean murphy gave us a question uh He says, at this point, the three main topics have to be the futures of Ryan Tannehill, Gase, and uh, which players do we feel have played well enough to form the nucleus of this team going forward? Uh,
1: Would you like to tackle that one, Daniel? Sure. Thanks for the question, Sean. So at this point... And I I guess we've talked in the past a little bit on the podcast about whether we are stuck with Tannehill or not. And we're not really stuck with them. There are some ways that we could probably get out from under it, you know, eating some some cap money and and that sort of thing. But I, I don't think minus some sort of injury to Tannehill again, that we see Tannehill leave our squad after this season and going into next season i think that he's going to be with us and i think that next season he's probably going to be battling with falk and possibly a young qb or a qb and free agent hopefully a free agency hopefully he's going to be here he's he's revered by our coaching staff for some reason or another and i i just don't think that he's going to be leaving as for gays I've been on the keep Gase bandwagon for a long time, and I'm not leaving that. I'm not leaving that behind. I, I want to see him continue. I want to see what he can do in year four, and and that's where I'm at with that. So I don't think Gase is going anywhere. And frankly, I'll be pretty pissed off if he does because we don't need to be hiring a new head coach right now. As far as the nucleus of this team, I'll let you go on this one, Jim, so I don't steal all your thunder. But there are some guys that I think that have earned a spot on that. What do you think? We have uh, a bunch of defenders, maybe?
2: Yeah, you touched on a lot of the, the key things that I would go with as well on uh, the state of the team. and You know, Tannehill is going to be a big cap hit no matter what we do with him moving forward. Uh, even, a you know, a post June 1st deal is going to be 13 million on our cap. So that's not a great option. If we keep them, it's, it's more, but still.
0: Well, they do have the option to take that 13 million and split it over 19 and 20.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And I, I feel that, you know, we've been through this hole with Andomican with Sue and we're still trying to get his cap numbers off the books and it's gonna be another two years before he's off the books. And you know, I'm I'm tired of Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, I really am. But <laughs> I you know, I, I keep you know, i it's been seven years now, I keep saying he you know, I think I can, I think I can and he's gonna turn the corner and but it's just not happening, and I'm done. But I look I, at.
1: I want to. I want to interject right there, and, sure. and I was going to say this just a moment ago, and I started to stutter, and I stopped so that you could finish that train of thought. Sure. The Little, the little engine that couldn't. Right. Um, yeah. I. I said what I think is going to happen, but I would not be sad if. And I loved Tannehill, and I and I still like the man, but I would not be sad if he was not with the team next year. So go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I mean, just I, I, I just want.
2: Yeah, I think I think Gase is safe. You know, I think he's going to get you know his, his five years to, to see what happens. I don't think that Gase is in danger. Um, you know, Tannehill, on the other hand, if if they could come up with a better option, I think they will try to do it. But you know, that's not going to just get handed to you out of thin air. You're either going to have to get creative in the draft if there's a guy you feel that that is that guy. But, you know, there's no free agents that are going to be really any better. Um, You know, this Teddy Bridgewater talk, things like that. But, you know, he's a guy that hasn't seen any action this year. He's coming off a major injury. So, you know, that's a sideways move. So I I wouldn't go there. Uh, But enough of that. You mentioned about the, you know, the core moving forward in the future. Yeah. We do have some very promising guys on this team that are pretty young. Uh, You know, you've got uh, Xavier Howard that's that's just been phenomenal. Uh, We just uh, got Minka Fitzpatrick on the field this year. Uh, He's been great in the secondary no matter where you plug him in. Uh, I think Howard and Fitzpatrick this last week against Buffalo had, like, they allow. I think they allowed like four completions for like 40 yards total. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's phenomenal. And Allen had a couple hundred yards passing, so it obviously wasn't to the outside boundaries. It was all in the middle. Uh, but from there, we just sound, signed McCain to a, a, a fairly good deal last year, so he's with us for a while. You've got Jerome Baker, who is really been what I consider our most solid linebacker with the most upside. He's been improving week to week which is which is what you want to see in a rookie. You know McMillan is a bit slow and uh, his reactions are slow but he's a young guy and it, it, might, it might work out fine. Uh, on the other side of the ball we've got uh, Juwan James who's coming up in a contract year but I mean where are you gonna go get another right tackle that's that's as good as what he's been playing most of the time. Laramie Tunzel's been exceptional at left tackle. I think he's one of two left tackles in all of the NFL that has not allowed a sack all year long. So that's you can't ask for any better than that. Uh, Kenny Stills, Kenyon Drake Kenyon Drake, you know, Grant Wilson, Smythe and Gazeki. So we've got some good young players. Uh you know Smythe and Gazeki have yet to prove oh, got themselves. Got the a kicker. Yes, yes, yeah. Jason Sanders. Uh you know I kind of don't count the the kickers all that much because we've been we've been changing them out every couple of years. So I I haven't yeah, I don't get too much stock in them, but
1: Boy, I'm loving uh, what I'm seeing from Jason Sanders, guys.
2: Yeah, I think he's a solid a solid guy. He's so, looking like know, the
1: real deal, bud.
2: Yeah, we've got a good punter, we've got a good place kicker uh, you know some special teams players so we do have a good core of guys and I think if Josh Sitton had not got injured earlier uh, I think that would have helped our offensive line a huge amount and we wouldn't be quite as ugly on the offensive line and especially the interior, as we are but I'm fairly happy with our our young core moving forward and if we can have another successful draft this year we could be a lot better next year
1: yeah the the one thing that i'd like to add to that and it would be two guys and that's vincent taylor and devon godshaw you nailed you nailed a lot of those guys and Gasicki just has to get better i think that he's going to be a key cog moving forward in the, in the years to come I do love Drake and what he has to offer. He hasn't showed that he's a nucleus piece yet this year, like he did at the end of last season, but I do love what he has to offer. And Albert Wilson is a guy that I think is definitely gonna be imperative to our success in the future. So you you nailed the linebackers, you nailed the cornerbacks, you, you nailed the the two offensive tackles. And, and I love what you was talking about with Stills and Wilson and Jakeem Grant. And I just wanted to add that Devon Godshaw and Vincent Taylor are looking like two guys on that defensive line the only two guys of both the offensive and the defensive line that, that you didn't mention and i don't, robert quinn is not going to work out for us long term and cam is just getting older guys so uh, yeah those well, are the that ones brings us to at. question number two uh
0: do you think wake is back next year
1: short answer is yes i do i think he's a lifer
2: what's your, what's your thought mike I also think he's back.
0: I think he's actually playing very well for his age. He doesn't have the sack numbers, but he definitely has the
2: pressures. I feel that it would not be in the, Dolph- the Miami Dolphins' best interest to not have Cameron Wake on the team next year. Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if, if Cam Wake wants to leave... Then so be it let him let him walk away or or go play for a for a super bowl contender but i don't i don't get that from cameron wake i i think he's perfectly content playing for the dolphins and we should we should do right by cameron wake and and give him a fair deal next year
1: yeah you nailed it for me those are those are my sentiments exactly i think wake wants to be a dolphin if he doesn't let him go Let him explore the opportunities that would abound for him. We got to keep him for multiple reasons. We got to keep him for the fan base. Man, our fans love Cam Wake, and and they should. And we got to keep him for the young guys, and we got to keep him for his effort. And we got to keep him because he's a lifer. And I want to see that jersey retired as a Miami Dolphin one day. Michael uh, Tennant asks, what first and second year players have surprised or impressed you the most, excluding uh, Fitzpatrick? Yeah, I, I was shocked by how well Jerome Baker has played. And frankly, coming into the season, I thought Godshaw was going to be better than Taylor. And Godshaw's been good, but Taylor's numbers before he got hurt were better. And, and Taylor also surprised points. me. Yep. yep. I agree on both those points.
2: Yeah, um, I'm with you. The same two, Baker and, and uh, Taylor.
0: Tony Short asks, how do we address the offensive line issues through the draft or free agency? And I don't think it's an either
1: or. I think we do both. Yeah, has to be both. We need an infusion of young talent in the center of that offensive line without a question.
2: Yeah, the the thing is with that question is it's so hard to say what you think you need to do with... A draft or a free agency, uh, it's too far away at this point, and y- you really don't want to waste a lot of high draft capital on guards. Um, sometimes it works, but normally yeah, tell
1: that to the Colts. Quentin Nelson's looking like a rookie of the year candidate.
2: Well, I get it. You know, you can look at you know Zach Martin for the Cowboys. I mean, they are t- key key quality players, but in my opinion. We need some impact players, you know, more more of the, you know, specialty or what have you, some type of impact players. I mean, I'd love to see great guard play, don't get me wrong, but, you know, we're looking at a center, we need a center as well. Uh, Kilgore might be back, but he's not young by any means, so, you know, maybe no, draft. is Sittin. No, sitting's not a youngster either, so, you know, we obviously have to look at it so you don't know how Kilgore or Sitten are gonna be moving forward. So realistically we're stuck needing a center and two guards again. Even if okay. you're even if yep. you're even if you're looking for depth players, uh but we as fans have no idea what Kilgore or are going to be. And the medical staff might know more than we do, but I bet they don't have an idea, uh, you know, a, a great... Well, pl- even if
0: they're assuming they're going to come back healthy, I think you need more capable bodies. So either way, it's a need, regardless of how you look at it.
2: Yep. Yeah, here's
1: the yep. thing for me is I think it has to be both. I think we have to focus in that area and not only the draft, but also free agency. I honestly... I honestly think that while it may be early to talk draft, I think we have to spend at least two of our draft picks on offensive linemen this coming year. Maybe it's not early. You know, there's not a Quentin Nelson coming in this draft, but we definitely have to spend some draft capital on the offensive side of the ball on the line. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Well, I'll tell you one thing. The other night I was watching the Steelers play, and I watched uh, Marquise Pouncey, and, Uh man, that is one hell of a good center right there. He he was making, he was pulling and blocking and downfield and and doing everything you you could want from a center. And that was like an eye opener for me watching him play in that game. Yeah, uh, we had a
0: guy like that here too, but we let him I,
2: go. I don't think Pounce, <laughs> looks just I don't like
1: think, him too. He, he like
2: does. <laughs> he do, I was thinking Mike at the time, but I was like, damn, Mike's having a really good game, and then I'm like, oh wait, that's that's Marquise. But. Uh, you know that was kind of an eye opener for me to watch him play as well as he did in that game. So yeah, Makes we a big difference. We definitely need a quality center again.
1: I've seen some really good guard play this weekend too in the NFL that just made me drool. You know, guys mm-hmm. who can get out on the second and third levels and make blocks, and then we just don't have that. There's a third level. <laughs> I think so.
0: I thought so. Isn't, isn't the Our third guards are going to need an elevator to get to it? I was going to say,
2: isn't isn't the third level where you help the quarterback up off the ground? Yeah.
1: I don't know if we can get to the third level. Maybe we'll be rocketed into the I fourth think that's dimension. The par-
2: that's
0: the parking garage.
1: Jim. Oh, okay. yeah. boy, club level.
0: Uh, Ron Rousey asks if Tannehill will be a post uh, June first cut. People are really quick to get rid of him, but I'm not sure he's going anywhere. What do you guys think?
2: Rod. I touched on I touched on this earlier. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry about that, Daniel. I touched on this earlier and I I don't see a better prospect out there to replace Ryan Tannehill. And so I got a bad feeling he's gonna be under center again, and that's part of the part of the plan, unless unless something crazy happens, I think Ryan is gonna be our quarterback next year.
1: I think that minus an injury Tannehill's back i think that for the fan base and for even me personally i'd rather see somebody else under center and i would rather go get a guy like teddy bridgewater and see if that lateral move wasn't actually lateral i hear a lot of people saying that would be a lateral move i just want something different i'm ready for something different but to answer your question rod no i don't think it happens
0: i'm kind of in the camp of uh you draft a rookie and you have a competition and whoever wins it, you know, and it'll probably be Tannehill over a rookie, uh, then he starts. And you groom the rookie and you go from there. Um, and you keep turning over rookies until you find the guy that's going to, you know, do what you want him to do.
1: Well, I'd um, love to see us draft a QB. would love it.
0: That's what I'd be doing. I'm not necessarily in the first round this particular year. Um, because of placement, the amount of quarterbacks available, I'm not going to uh, trade the farm to move up and get a guy that I'm not sold on. Uh, so, you know, I, th- I think you let somebody fall to you and you, you take your chances with him. And if he works out, great. And if not, you can attack it again later.
1: And... um uh- I kind of think 2020 is going to be a little crowded and tough to get to. And I wouldn't mind seeing us take somebody in the first this year. And if somebody fell to us in 2020, take them too. But that's we're probably going to have multiple draft podcasts to talk about who we see coming to us. And at that point, what, you're going to talk some Tua and I'm going to talk some Will Greer and, and Jimmy's going to talk some Daniel Jones from Duke. And maybe we'll have a QB next year that's not named Ryan Tannehill. You never know.
0: Um, Ryan Norwood asked a pretty good question. He asks, uh, long term, should we move uh, Minka to safety? And if so or not, what priority is is on the open uh, position? And I I would say that uh, we're probably, and I've kind of done an about face on this, but I think there's a good possibility we leave Minka at corner. And... uh, Uh, just go with the safeties we have for right now. And uh, if you can pick up a a more athletic safety than
1: McDonald, then you do that. But I don't know that that's a pressing priority right now. My, my mind tends to think the same exact way. Mika is looking really good at cornerback, even outside cornerback, not just slot, but outside cornerback as well. But if we need somebody who's going to make plays on the ball, take, interceptions back to the house like he did in college then we move Minka to safety my thing is this we're going to draft somebody else in the defensive backfield next year Uh, I'll guarantee that we take a cornerback or a safety and that's going to dictate where we move Minka because in all reality he's going to be able to play either one of them at a high level a high level and he was a gold star for this, uh, for this front office, and if we can just continue to, to pile gold stars on top, it's not going to matter which one he's at because he's going to be able to make some plays for us.
0: Jim, should we uh, be target targeting uh, Le'Veon Bell?
2: Should we target him? Yep. Um, let me think. No, Ryan. Ryan Norwood wants to know. I don't. I mean, everybody would like to have a guy, a talent like him on your team, but you know if the Steelers didn't want to pay him and they put the tag on him that would have that would have given him a a ton of money um, and he held out so you know all those millions of dollars weren't enough for him Uh, so obviously he's not a a team first guy which is okay I can kind of understand you know you want to get that that five-year deal and be set up for life I get that but he'd have been set up for life with the one-year tag deal so I, I don't We can't afford it. Um, And, you know, the guy that replaced Le'Veon Bell is doing just about as well. So, no, I wouldn't want to pay and deal with that whole mess. No thanks.
1: Yeah, I work with a Steelers fan who. Tells me all the time how good Le'Veon Bell is and how good Connor is for that matter. And what it equates to me is the offensive line that those guys have both been playing behind is really, really good. And
2: Definitely. we just talked
1: about Marquise Pouncey and how good he is and what he can do. And frankly, I'm with you, Jim, on the fact that I don't want a guy on my team who's not team first. Is Le'Veon Bell a fantastic and amazing generational talent? Yeah. Yeah, he is. He can do things that none of the guys on our roster can do. But we've shown that we don't give our playmakers enough opportunity in the first place. And we got a lot of other skill position players we need to pay. So, Ryan, love you. Love the question, but no thanks. It's a hard pass from me. Well, for me, it comes to this.
0: What do you want to be, you know, on offense? What, what is your identity going to be? Uh, I don't know that he fits Case's identity, if that makes any sense. Yeah,
1: makes to- total sense.
2: Yeah, I don't see him fitting in all that well myself. You know, you you bring this big hired gun in, and what does that tell all the rest of your guys on the team, really? I mean, if we were if we were close, if our you know, if our offense was clicking, we just needed that that guy to, you know make some more plays, then fine. Pay the money and get it done, go to the playoffs, whatever. But we're not in that position and Throwing that big of a cap hit out there is just going to goof up the works, just like it did with Sioux, and Sue, and I don't see it being helpful at all.
0: Yeah, we're not in that shape financially to be able to be throwing out those kind of contracts right now. Not even close. So, and that brings me to my last point. Uh, Xavier Howard, I mean, everybody obviously wants the team to sign him, like right now.
1: You're not going to – are you going to hurt my feelings? No, no. Okay. Whew. you scared me I just think people
0: have to understand that uh, it's not to the player's advantage to sign right now. Um, they want to test the open market. They want contracts being offered to them. Uh, their agents want contracts being offered to them because it's a dollar business. Uh, they want to get as much as they can. And when you agree to sign a contract, unless it is above market value, uh, they're probably not going to sign it. And uh, you don't want to bid against yourself if you're the Dolphins. So, it's to everybody's benefit to let him hit the market. And then you see what it's going to take to sign him. You know, I I look at cornerback much differently than I look at a slot receiver like Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry is not a need. Uh, A good cornerback is a need. So um, I, I think with, uh, Xavier Howard, you give him a fair offer and, uh, you match whatever he might get offered and you figure out a way to get it done. But I don't know that that's going to happen before he becomes a free agent.
1: So what I'm hearing from you is transition tag him after next season. You could, because I'm, I gotta say, well, I pre franchise tag. him most likely, well, franchise tag just means you keep him for the highest amount, but for transition tag is you get to match any offer before he has to leave
0: correct
1: and so but but that being said i respectfully disagree i think i think if we can sign xavian howard before he hits the free market it, it tells me two things it tells me that he's going to give a vote of confidence to this coaching staff and it proves to me that the things that i believe our players believe and and two we don't allow a homegrown talent who is becoming, dare I say, one of the best quarterbacks in the entire National Football League. I mean, he's got seven multi-pick games in the last year and a half, and he is Forget unreal. All that. The, ball,
0: the ball is in the player's
1: court. It's not in the team's court. Well, okay? if, People think the team can just go
0: out and sign him. It doesn't work that way.
1: Well, I understand, I understand that, but what I'm saying is if they can give him an offer that he's going to accept – Regardless, I don't think that it has to be well over market value. I think that if he believes in the team and he believes in the coaching staff and in the direction of our team, that he will get a fair offer and accept it. And I think that if we can get that done. You're,
0: you're, you're being optimistic. It's a business. I am. You're right. So what, I, what I'm telling you is the smart move, if you're Xavier Howard, is saying, thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to see what I can get on the open market.
2: Oh, yeah, well, just, I
1: don't disagree with that
2: just today I saw one of the articles that uh he had said he he thinks he's the best cornerback in the league and of uh, course you know uh Jones Jones said he was the best safety in the league at of you course. know a couple they of years all ago. say it yeah. Jarvis
0: was saying he was the best receiver in the league we all know that's not true but you no know, doubt. you're playing your hand and that's what these guys do
2: and that's what I that's what I'm getting at here you know he, he just all of a sudden has said this and he's changed his agent um yeah. you know it's like sharks smelling blood in the water, and he's smelling money. And I can't fault the guy for that, but I think the Dolphins should do all that they can to sign him before it becomes a bidding war. And yeah, you're you're right, Mike. It's not to to Howard's best advantage or best you know deal to to sign something before he hits free agency because you never know, but. It, it would be in the Dolphins' best interest to, you know, make some offers that they'll at least entertain.
0: Oh, you're, you're going to play lovey-dovey with them, sure. You're going to put your arm around them. You're going to say, we love you. You're going to do all the right things. But it's still not in your hands. It's in his hands. That's the whole advantage to becoming a free agent. No doubt. Um, and And the other thing is, the only advantage that he would have if he were to sign early, is it protects him in the event of injury because he'll be getting guaranteed money up front, money that he wouldn't have otherwise if he were to get badly hurt and not be able to play. Uh, but as I, I mentioned earlier, um, there are insurance policies that these players can buy that that offset those risks. So you know, depending on what he wants to do will depend whether he signs, you know, early or not. Uh, but I would say odds are probably largely against it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I tend agree. to agree with that. It, and it is, he will probably want to test the market and who faults him for that. I still believe that if we can get something done, it, it's a vote of confidence on this coaching staff because of if, course. if he's willing yeah. to sign early, then things look good for us. And I think the team will try. I think they'll put their best foot forward and try
0: to get it done. But I'm just saying they don't better. blame the team if it doesn't happen because odds are it won't. Oh, fire everybody. Well yeah, that's you it. know, people people have this idea in their heads that you just, you know, offer the player money and he wants to sign. It's it doesn't quite work that way. Not if they're smart anyway. Uh, well, so, not when
1: they're elite.
0: Yeah, no. Exactly. Because somebody's going to offer him $20 million a year, you know. I just Somebody does that, like Cleveland did with Landry, you know. Somebody's going to be crazy. Uh it's just the way it goes, and the players know that. So they want to take advantage of that crazy, and you don't blame them. So,
1: all right. Do you guys have anything else tonight? The only thing I'd like to add is folks who are listening for the first time. Thanks for joining us. Those who have listened a little bit more, we appreciate your continued support. Please like, share, and comment on the podcast and whatever your avenue of listening is. We can be found across many platforms now. Also, if you heard us talking about who was asking the questions tonight, you can definitely find the group and ask your own questions at Miami Dolphins number one on Facebook that's Miami Dolphins hashtag one on Facebook. We appreciate your support. We do.
2: For sure. We like to have all the lif- listeners that we can, and uh, we just enjoy the, the, the BSing about our team, and uh, we, hope, we hope everybody enjoys the show and tunes in.
1: Yeah, and tell right. Xavier yes. Howard we want to talk to him about re-signing. Yeah, we definitely need to have a sit down with him. Yeah, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. we need to get him
2: on here, straighten him out
1: x we are your people baby don't ruin <laughs> our secondary buddy
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right guys uh, i want to thank everybody that has listened for listening and uh we'll be back next week fins up
2: fins up good night all
0: fins up everybody